Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself, and I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Welcome back. Thank you. And welcome to episode 50. I know. Wow. That's so many. (laughs) I know. It's so many. (laughs) I know when you sent me that, well, text message, that was when I realized, oh, crap, I haven't put up. It's It's been a few days. I've been working until midnight every night for, I think today is day five. Mm. And last night I was up until 2 a.m. What's even more special about my work schedule is Bella. If Bella doesn't get enough exercise, she does a few things at nighttime. It's sort of like <laughs> cats when they just start running around. First of all, Bella, even when she was little, you could hear wherever she was because she walks like an elephant. So she <laughs> runs back and forth from different rooms. She takes all the throw pillows in one room and just attacks them. She doesn't rip them apart. She just attacks them. She steals shoes. She takes the pillowcases off of the pillows. It's so bizarre. But she she takes the pillowcases off of the pillows. And then she gets this. She has this dinosaur that has this really obnoxious squeaking sound. And she goes and gets the dinosaur and she starts squeaking at it. Then she comes and runs and jumps on the sofa with the dinosaur in her mouth and just stares at me and squeaks it. (laughs) just while she's staring at me and I just I take it gently from her and put it away and I just go do you need to go potty and she's like yes yes I do so I let her outside this is all at night I let her outside and she just runs around outside barking at the sky I always say she's barking at the darkness and I have to go to the window and go okay Bella come back inside now because it's like past 10 o'clock at night and then eventually she settles down and will fall asleep. But yeah, so today I've been working really hard to get her. She, we're still going to have the experience tonight, but I'm hoping that it'll just be shorter. All in all, Bella is adorable and I love her. But in the end, thanks to my day job, I am so behind on my my dog life. It's not even funny. I know that feeling. It's so inconvenient when your day job interferes with your dog life. Exactly. <laughs> well, I had a very busy couple weeks because we had one of our big volunteer events and I had Mother's Day and my anniversary and then I was getting ready for New York and then I went and it was amazing and I'm exhausted but I'm happy and I have so much stuff for dogs. <laughs> I loved your text messages because it's like you were having such a good time. I was. It was so great. I was surprised not as many people went this year because I thought the speakers were, I mean, it was hard to compare, but I mean, just, oh my God, it was like just as good, if not better than last year. Like everything that everybody said was like 
this is gold. Like, <laughs> and my veterinarian went, and that was so cool because, first of all, I just love her as a person, and it was cool to just hang out with her. But it was fascinating to me, like, you know, getting to watch her take notes, and, you know, and she would be like writing in the margins, like, which of her patients this was like applied oh, yeah. for, really? you know, and, also, I learned that veterinarians get like hooked up with tons of free stuff because everybody <laughs> wants them. All the vendors want them to, you know, sell it to their clients. So uh, that was an interesting lesson, too. Uh, but yeah, oh, my gosh, it was just a uh, it was a good time. I actually won something in the raffle, yes. which like never happened. box raffle. Yes, it was. Oh, my gosh. And I only had like, I think I only had like one ticket that I put in there. And like, oh. it was me. It wasn't like I was stuffing the box or something, you know. It's <laughs> so awesome. Like I texted my husband and he was like, you never win anything. <laughs> like, I know. And then he's like, but technically I think Nino's the real winner. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, I'm going to hold up this, this basket for you to see. Like, could you see how big this is? Yes, it's so nice. And I love that they gave you a really nice basket. Yes, it's beautiful. I mean, I counted, I mean, there has to be 10, 12 different, you know, bags of stuff in here. And so we've been playing a game where every, before his meal, I'll put the basket down and see like kind of what he sniffs. Like, mm -hmm. And he's uh, so far picked beef liver and he really loves the chicken feet, which I know <laughs> Ruby is probably just cackling about that I have to <laughs> chicken feet. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And it's it's so so I know that it was it was a two day event. Right. I know when I the first time I went, it was just a one day event. But yours was a two and was last year a two day event too? Yeah. It's like a day and a half. We're like done by noon on Sunday. Nice, nice. That is so cool. So my biggest question is what does Steve Brown talk about? So I have notes. Ooh. <laughs> Let me find my notes. Because I love him and just his – I love the fact that he's like considered a master formulator. I don't know if that's an official position, but that's what people always refer to him as. I used to call him Dr. Steve Brown and Gary from Darwin's emailed me once and said, hey, just FYI, he's not a doctor. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like honorary. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I learned, he was talking about how in 1998 – there was only 10 freezers in pet food stores in the country. Oh, wow. And I'm now in them. there's like, you know, 30,000. <laughs> so their talk, so it was Steve Brown and Dr. Susan Recker. And so their talk was called Choosing the Nutritionally Best Fresh Meat-Based Foods and Recipes for Your Dog. Oh, nice. And so this was what... He said are like the five key things to the diet is a minimally processed diet, nutrients from whole food, targeted nutrient fortification. So this means not like a pre-mix mm. thing, you know, that would be sprayed on like kibble or whatever, um, with 80% of the calories from protein and fat combined and with fiber and polyphenols from plants. Mm. And he thinks that not having plants in the diet is a mistake. Yeah. Just hearing that makes me feel so good about myself because it's like, I'm doing all of that. He was extremely passionate 
about the fact that feeding a straight 80-10-10 is not an ancestral <laughs> diet. And uh, he was also talking about the difference between the NRC nutrient guidelines versus AFCO versus FEDIAF, the mm -hmm. European. And that that's actually the European FEDIAF is actually the most updated and current guideline model because the other ones, AFCO, like rarely <laughs> updates theirs, if ever. And even the NRC hasn't been updated in close to like 20 years. Yeah. When I'm when I'm formulating, because I know Dr. Ruck, um, Ruckler works for um, Dr. Royal, and I know that the animal diet formulator started as Steve Brown's mm -hmm. formulator. And um, I had a meeting with her a, a couple, probably about a month or so ago, about the animal diet formulator updates. But whenever I've used it, I've always used the FEDIA because I've heard that about it, that it is just like the most, if you're going to use one, if you're going to follow one, that's the one to follow. And he was also saying that FEDIAF has nutrient profiles for various life stages and activity levels of dogs. So, you know, that includes puppies, you know, sedentary dogs, mm -hmm. active dogs, working dogs. They actually separate all that out. And I guess that Dr. Wrecker, Dr. Becker, Steve Brown, and Susan Thixton had been working on AFCO presentations to get them to recognize difference between active dogs and sedentary dogs. And of course, AFCO was not interested in making any additions <laughs> or changes. Not. And I was thinking of you because I was trying to think of like a superhero reference of like <laughs> Becker, Wrecker, Thixton, and Brown and like what kind of like superhero thing that would be. But I so don't know any superheroes. I was going to be like, this is like Fantastic Four. And then I'm like, is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, Kimberly will make fun of me. <laughs> I guess you're trying to relate to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, Fantastic Four is a thing. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> Many women. There's only one woman. There's three guys. Um, but, but, but yes. Very good. You know, some kind of thing. Yeah. Like superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> and then they were talking about how the percentages of nutrients are calculated and that it matters of whether it's calculated on a dry matter basis versus a caloric basis. And I was getting a little bit lost in the weeds here about like, you know, whether that's like kilo, you know, grams per kilogram or I don't know, but like that something can look complete imbalanced on nutrients if you calculate it in one manner. Mm -hmm. But when you calculate it in the other manner, it, you've realized that it's de more deficient than you thought yeah. it was. And he actually did say the best recipes are made at home if you can do it. Nice. I thought you would appreciate that. I do. <laughs> and he was very, um, he spoke very highly of Dr. Kozier and all the work that she's done about copper mm -hmm. and the excess of copper in our dog's diet and that beef liver uh, should be no more than 4% of your diet if it's commercial beef as opposed to the grass fed grass finish yeah. which would still he said should only be about six percent because there's still high levels and but that afco does not there's no like upper limit right, yeah. 
currently established and that this is very dangerous for our dogs. There are certain breeds who are prone to a copper storage problem, but so many of our dogs are having this issue right now. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that if you buy a commercial brand of food that has beef liver as an ingredient, it should not have any kind of added copper supplement. Yeah. So they also talked about, you know, plants and why fiber is necessary and that it's absolutely necessary for the microbiome because the fiber feeds the good bacteria in the gut and we need that. And of course, he would prefer whole food based products rather than like something that has like inulin fiber, you know, supplements or Mm -hmm. process versions. And then he talked about five nutrients that are usually low in fresh food diets. And the number one, my vet was elbowing me, (laughs) is iodine, which causes thyroid deficiency. And all of my dogs have been hypothyroid at some point, including Nino on on thyroid medicine right now. So that was really interesting. And then the other ones are manganese, vitamin E, vitamin D, and the EPA, DHA fatty acids. Yes, I add extra um, fish oil. I add a little bit more than what the bottle recommends. Um, but this is why I am so adamant about adding like a salmon oil to my dog's diet, because not only is it for the omega-3 and fatty acids, but also salmon is a natural source of vitamin E and vitamin D. And then their website is petfoodstandards.com. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, that was great. That was like a great way to start the Sunday morning. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Maybe there isn't vitamin E in salmon. I know there's vitamin D. I'm looking it up now. So this is really exciting. (laughs) By the way, salmon does have vitamin E. Just want to put that out there. I really need to sit down. I As soon as my life settles down, I need to crack open the animal diet formulator because they've changed it and I want to play around with it. And I'm looking so forward to doing that. I just haven't had time and I just, uh, 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 I just have so much to do. So what was your favorite thing about the event? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Like, my vet is a big, uh, I don't know if fan is the right word, but because she knows him and is in vet groups with Dr. Steve Marsden. Mm-hmm. And his wife is Dr. Karen uh, Marsden, and she's also a veterinarian. And they were just hilarious. So Dr. Kozier had said that she had never had a husband and wife like present together on stage before. And just, oh my gosh, I mean... They were just hilarious. They actually are launching a new line of Chinese herbal formulas that are going direct to the consumer. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to a holistic vet to get them. And they have a whole line of multiple different formulas. And my vet told me one of them is actually essentially what she had Penny on. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that, that really helped her when she was having all her skin issues. So... They were just like hilarious. They were doing all of these like hilarious. Uh, I don't know if like a sketch is the right word, but they were acting out certain things in the body for us. <laughs> so I think everybody's favorite moment of the of the whole conference was Doctor Steve with like a a stick horse between his legs. <laughs> 
galloping across the stage, <laughs> showing how the immune system comes to gets activated and comes riding to the rescue. <laughs> And then there was another time where he was he was um, a dog's CCL and his wife was sitting on his lap and he had his arms around her to show and he's like bouncing all around showing what like a healthy CCL ligament looks like. And then if it breaks or, you know, if the dog ruptures it and she just like fell on the ground (laughs) and I was just no good. (laughs) <laughs> I love people who enjoy what they do so much. That is so amazing. You're just like, oh, my God, I want to just, like, go have dinner with these people. You know? <laughs> um, oh, Dr. Royal uh, serenaded us in Swahili. Mm. And so that was fascinating. She has an amazingly beautiful singing voice. <laughs> and uh, they did a panel discussion. And so the panel was uh, Billy uh, Roxanne from Solutions, Dr. Kendra Pope, who I have like the hugest girl crush on, <laughs> and Susan Thixton. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Dr. Royal facilitated the discussion. And Billy made sure to show everybody that he was wearing his goofy Velcro shoes that he <laughs> bought last year when he forgot to bring shoes. <laughs> So that was kind of like the inside joke of the conference was Billy wearing his like goofy shoes. But uh, I think one of one of the funniest moments was they asked Billy a question about something and he was just kind of like, yeah, that's not my wheelhouse. I'll defer to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, exactly. Like, that's how it should be. You know, yeah. that's not your thing. Like, don't bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was that was great. I mean. Uh, Dr. Trina Haza was talking about, you know, veterinary cannabis use. She is just like such an amazingly dynamic speaker. And it was just amazing to just see like the energy and the passion that she has for working with cannabis medicine. And they're actually launching like a pet parent community uh, to, you know, help spread the word. And so that was great. I give um, Rodrigo cannabis and I did, he gave it to Scout as well when he was alive. But Rodrigo gets it several nights a week. I actually do a liquid tincture and I get it from a local dispensary. Anyone listening, if you if weed is legal in your state and you go to a dispensary to buy a tincture, first of all, don't buy it based on my recommendation because I am not recommending it. But if by chance you do, don't tell them you're buying it for your dog. Just just buy it. But I just give him a dropper's full. It doesn't make him high or loopy or anything. But he actually, there are some nights when he's just like, oh, yeah, bring it. Like, <laughs> obviously, he understands that this makes me feel better. So it's very helpful. Well, I think pet parents can have consultations through the Veterinary Cannabis Association that mm-hmm. she's a part of. I don't mm-hmm. think you have to do it through your vet. I think you can go, you know, oh, contact them nice. directly yourself. And they're yeah, going to have this pet parent, like, education community. So we had half of all of the inter- integrative veterinary oncologists in the country in the room at the same time at this conference because there's only four in the whole country. And we had Dr. Kendra Pope. astounds me. And Dr. Trina Hazah. And uh, my veterinarian has actually done consults with Dr. Hazah before. So she was really excited to get to meet her in person. And she's also going to go up and shadow Dr. Pope for a couple days. Oh, nice. Um, so she got to meet her. And I think that was another funny thing is, is Dr. Pope was just so on fire during the panel discussion. And Billy's like, I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, I mean, that was just, that was great. Um, the first speaker of Saturday was Debbie Taraka, and she mm-hmm. had really cool stories. She is somebody who works in like the rehabilitative yeah. space. So she has actually worked with like uh, the New York Ballet, and she's worked with NFL teams, which, by the way, she calls the ballerinas the real athletes of that. <laughs> she's like, I don't consider running 50 yards and needing oxygen afterwards a real athlete. <laughs> Um, but she had some really great tips. You know, I, I've always had pit bull dogs and, you know, I, I'm in groups with pit bull dog owners. It is so incredibly common to see ruptured CCL knee ligaments in pit bull dogs. There are certain breeds where it's just so common. And, you know, she really talked a lot about like how to do kind of like your at home gait analysis test mm-hmm. and how to like take photos of your dogs. But like, she was like, yeah, I used to joke that, you know, my job was looking at nice dog butts or something. And then her, <laughs> her like little daughter repeated that in school. Like my mom likes nice dog butts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she was saying, you know, every month take a photo of your dog from behind at the, you know, and, and compare, like, are they losing, you know, are they getting like atrophied muscles? Are they mm-hmm. shifting their weight differently? You know, things oh, like this that uh, you can do to, you know, kind of be screening because where in humans tearing our ACL is generally like a traumatic acute injury, you know, a football player gets hit the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know, you're skiing, you know, something, but with dogs, it's almost more like a chronic, like inflammatory process. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a huge proponent that you do not need to do these crazy, expensive, brutal surgeries to fix this. And so she was talking about, you know, alternative methods of treatment, and somebody in the audience asked a really good question that I had been curious about, too, which was about treating these with stem cell injections, mm-hmm. because yeah. I've seen some orthopedic vets who are offering that. And, you know, she said, if you have a two-year-old dog, yes, that would be a better option than if you have a 12-year-old dog that has 12-year-old stem cells that have, you know, are under all of the stress and all of the problems that a 12-year-old dog is having. You know, so, so that was a really interesting way to think about it because I don't yeah. know if, you know, orthopedic vets or rehab vets are, are telling you that. Yeah. And so there's a supplement and it's called 1TDC. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always feel like they need a better name from a marketing perspective because <laughs> it's like, I don't know what these letters are. Uh, but they were kind of like the big stars of, of her uh, presentation because she's worked with them and had such great results. So my vet went over and got like a whole case of it and oh, we're going to start Nino on it. And so I'm really yeah, it's excited. It's good for dental health too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's good for all kinds of inflammation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'm really excited about that. Nino does have gorgeous teeth. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to use it for him for the limping and, and then the big takeaway I got from Dr. Royal's presentation is I got to feed once a day. That's what I'm hearing people leaving in the comments that they're going to start feeding once a day. Gotta feed once a day. Last year, the big takeaway, broccoli sprouts. This year, the big takeaway, gotta feed once a day. And and Dr. Medcroft and I were sitting there because she's like, man, I got to do that. I'm going to have to do it. She's like, I've known it, but like, I I, got to do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to do it. Nice. Nice. I've started like transitioning my dogs to in the morning 
they have uh, like either raw goat's milk or fermented fish stock because I have so much of it and I've had it for so long. So it's all starting, it's going to be expiring by the end of the year. So I want to go through it. So I decided to do that in the morning and then the evenings they're going to have their meal. And um, technically I probably should switch the time and feed them a big meal in the morning, but um, this is what we're doing for now. We'll see how it goes. Now that um, Bella is has slowed down in her growth, I feel like I can I can do this with them because I just didn't want to do it while Bella was still eating so much. Right, right. So, and she also, Doctor Royals has talked about a lot of the different, you know, a lot of the different things that she's using in her practice, like massage and acupuncture and chiropractic, and she's a big fan of doing the fecal transplants after antibiotic usage and. Uh, I just, I was, I told my vet, like, see, this is why I'm so lucky you're my vet because you're already <laughs> doing all these things, right? And, you know, talking about the biome and like if your dog has really bad smelly gas uh, and that that's a sign something's wrong with the biome, you know, that that's bacteria that are in there making that gas. Oh, good to know, good to know. Because, <laughs> you know, Tim and I were talking about that, like, like Nino never farts, Penny Never farted, but like I remember when like Kalua used to have some like room clearing <laughs> stuff, but that's I'm sure it was back in the early days of us feeding kibble, you know, yeah, like i'm I'm sure of that and uh and Dr. Royal just talked a lot about you know voting with your dollars, buy the foods that you believe in for yourself and for your dogs, and you know paying attention to where your foods come from, how these animals are treated, that she cares about all animals not just you know companion animals like we should want better for the animals that we're going to end up eating as well mm-hmm. and uh i think her her talk was called innovations in integrative veterinary care so yeah it was a great freaking weekend man <laughs> that's so awesome i'm so excited for you i'm like yeah. exhausted in the best ways there's a lot you know a lot of people a lot of talking a lot of products you know, got to have some great, great dinner, great company. Um, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a good way to spend a weekend. Yeah, I won't. I mean, I have my events are in the fall. And so there's two events going on that I'm interested in. And so I'm still trying to decide which one I'm going to go to. Yeah, I just heard about a new event that uh, I might go to too in the fall. Oh, really? Is is it on the West Coast? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, then I think I'll probably be at that event as well. <laughs> if I can get a direct flight there, I will, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's just, it's there's so much to do, so much information out there. I love it. This weekend, I saw a video on TikTok about, you know, a person was going around a vet clinic saying, share something that's toxic to dogs. And of course, you know, um, avocado came up and garlic came up and I tried to make the video because you can edit and duet a video with just the the section but I could not get it to to focus on the section where they talked about garlic and avocado but I responded with you know avocado meat is not toxic to dogs garlic is not toxic to dogs and what the interesting thing is I guess this month Facebook really likes me because Facebook has been pushing my content out a lot. And a lot of people who don't follow me are starting to find my content, including veterinarians who do not um, agree with 
my stance. And although in my video I said, you know, I have great respect for the veterinarian community, however, I disagree with, you know, this statement. And I was like, there are studies that show that the this is not the case. And I shared links to two studies, one for avocado, one for garlic. The one for garlic is from 2018, but that's the second of there's, you know, there's two studies by the same um, doctor, but that's the second one that he did. And what's funny to me is people become so attached to their belief system that they are not interested. They pretend like they're interested in a conversation, but ultimately they're just interested in telling you that you're wrong and why. <laughs> um, but they're not interested in having a conversation. And this is why when I broach topics like this, if I'm going to share, I mean, I could have found tons of articles that said that these things, but I went and found the studies because I knew that that is what people are going to respect. And I'm so grateful that I did. The first person said, can you p- provide support for what you're saying? And it's like, well, I did yes. just go and read it. It's right there. Um, the second person today, she she was she started the conversation with how she, veterinarians, including herself, spend eight years in school getting this education, and we just spend some time in Google University. So she started a discussion by insulting our intelligence, and and as you know, and she was like, and I don't want to argue at some point. I don't want to argue with you. And I jumped, that was when I kind of jumped in and was just like, it doesn't have to be an argument. We can have a discussion. It's okay for us to, to, if you, you know, to have this discussion, if you see problems with the links that I, it's like, it's not like I just Googled it and said, oops, internet says, you know, no, I found the studies that say this as like, if you find issues with those studies, let me know. Because, you know, I am passionate about this. I love my dogs and I certainly don't want to share inaccurate information. Um, this person not once did she address the studies or share any type of support that contradicted the studies. Not once. She spent the day, or I should say she spent the morning insulting people who believe as we do and then gaslighting me because she went on to say, oh, so now I'm insulting you because I disagree with you. Well, if if you get insulted by people disagreeing with you, social media is going to be pretty hard for you. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't mind you disagreeing with me. In fact, I welcome it. We can have a respectful discussion. The is- insult came with your first comment. You know, that's that's the insult. And later on, she said that, you know, because I try to explain, it's like, you know, Try to understand that a lot of pet parents, you know, we're frustrated because we've had, you know, a negative experience with the veterinarian. I had one veterinarian where whenever I would ask him questions, he would just point to his degree and goes, do you have one of these? Then get off of Google and just let me do my job. And that was pretty much his attitude. And today there's no way in hell I would tolerate someone talking to me that way. But then I was so intimidated and felt so shamed that how dare I question this veterinarian. So it's not that that experience made me hate veterinarians, not in any, that's one person. And I recognize that that is one person. However, my story isn't unique. There are thousands of people who have had similar experience or are having a similar experience with their veterinarian because we are not allowed or able to have a respectful discussion. And there are many reasons. I'm sure veterinarians, they have dogs and cats coming through. They don't have time 
to sit down and have a detailed discussion about the microbiome. I get that. However, when you won't engage or I should say entertain new information, and one of the things I put in the comments was, you know, I have a degree in business and accounting. I have to be open to new information every single year because the tax code may change. Um, I don't get to just um, stick with what w- what it was when I finally got my degree. And, and I'm okay with that. It helps me be a better person. So I think that just because you've had eight years of education, you don't know everything. And she conceded to that. You know, we're not omnipotent. So here's some new information. There are studies to back it up. I mean, if you still don't want to recommend garlic or if you still don't think people should have garlic, that's fine. But don't pretend like I'm just like, look at this. I did a Google search and this random website said blank. And so I'm doing this. It's because that's not the case. And, you know, in the end, she just said, well, it's clear that you have an attitude against veterinarians and I'm not going to be able to have an educated discussion with you. So I'll just leave. And I was just like, no, 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 no. You are not going to blame me for bouncing. You came here. It's like, you don't follow my page. This came through your feed. You could have just ignored this and just gone on with your day, but you chose to dive into the comments and insult us as in your first comment. You then gaslit me as if to say that I was only upset and calling you insulting because you disagree with me when that wasn't the case. And now you're pretending like I have an attitude about veterinarians because you don't want to have this discussion. And for me, this is like the height of disappointment. And that's like, you've you've proven my point. This is why we're frustrated because you have an opportunity. It's like, I know you do what you do because you love animals. And here you have an opportunity to educate people and you're choosing to insult us, to gaslight us, and now to bounce because you are not willing to have a discussion or entertain any new information that scientists are putting out. That is a problem because who suffers are the dogs and cats that you and I love. And I'm just super disappointed. And that was the end of the discussion. But I have been patting myself on the back all (laughs) flipping day long because that was like such a mature and professional discussion. (laughs) I mean, and, and no one jumped in. I mean, there was other, there was another person, my follower, Tina, she's amazing. She was commenting too, but it never became like combative or aggressive. No one was going to her page to leave nasty com- or comments or reviews that I know of. It was just a very good discussion from my side. But I am really sad. I'm hoping that maybe after this person kind of gets over themselves, Maybe they'll go and look at what's new about garlic and look at what's new about avocado. But, you know, their whole thing. And someone else said, like, well, the avocado, the the leaves and the stems and the skin is a problem. And it's like, I didn't say those things. I said, I specifically said avocado meat. And then another person says, well, that's going to give a dog pancreatitis. I didn't even bother addressing that one because... There's one of these things where when it comes to pancreatitis, there's always going to be a story about, I, I think of, I, it reminds me of Sex in the City in the good old days of Sex in the City, where the story of 
you know, the woman and then she broke up with the guy because he wouldn't commit, but then he missed her. And six months later, he came back and he had a ring and he was a pro- pro- proposing to her in the rain and, and then they lived happily ever after. And it's like, there is always going to be a story that we share around about something that happened. You know, there was a person a couple of weeks ago who said she, her dog got pancreatitis because she was brushing her dog's teeth with coconut oil. I don't believe that that's what happened. However, I wasn't there, so I don't know. And maybe she has the one dog that is so sensitive to coconut oil that just putting a little bit on a toothbrush and brushing his teeth resulted in pancreatitis. Yeah, this is, um, you know, correlation does not equal causation. Yes. You know, anecdotal thing. There's always going to be something anecdotal. Like, yeah. Yeah. What I've, I've learned, I just don't tell people. I don't think that that happened. I did ask the person, can you tell more about, tell me more about what happened? What else was in their diet? What did your veterinarian say? And a, a few other people jumped in and was like, yeah, I would really like to know because the pancreas has nothing to do with the processing of coconut oil. That's what's so great about it. So I would love to know what happened too, but the person never responded. Shocking. Yeah, exactly. Another person said that avocado, you know, there was a risk of pancreatitis and it's just sort of like, you know, well, my thought was that, you know, it's very much with cooked fats, which is why, you know, we have to be very careful about that. But in the end, I think over the past couple of weeks, when you were off having your adventure in Albany, <laughs> I was having these great discussions on social media because Facebook is pushing my content out more. But it's, it's very interesting seeing, um, everyone's viewpoints, like the fact that I, I shared a video about um, someone, someone's putting together a meal for her dog and everyone's like, you should never feed chicken, chicken bones to your dog because da, 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 da. And I was just like, well, you know, and, and, you know, shared my thoughts and stuff. And a lot of the people are coming back going, well, I've always thought that this was, you should never do it. And it's like, just because this person's doing it doesn't mean you should do it. There's still going to be a risk. It's just that let's address these things with the correct information and then weigh the risk. And for some people, once you have all the facts, maybe it's still just not worth the risk to you and that's okay. And the same thing with garlic. Let's approach this with the right accurate information. And if you still are nervous about doing garlic, especially since with fresh garlic, you have to mash it, let it sit for 15 minutes and then mix the right amount into your dog's food. And you you technically should be getting locally sourced organic garlic. You know, if all of that is too much, I mean, you know me, I am the crazy raw feeder. I do DIY. That is too much. The whole garlic thing, too much. No, I'm not doing That's why I do a supplement. Some people say, oh, well, the supplement isn't as good or it doesn't work. It does work. It's been working for my dogs for years. I love it. But um, I get it. If you don't feel comfortable feeding garlic, if... One person commented with the way the debate is about the benefit, whether it's good or bad for garlic, to him, it's just not worth the risk. And that's fine. It's okay. But let's make those decisions from a place of accurate information, not a place of fear. Yeah. An educated decision. Yeah. That way, you know, it's just, it's because it's, I think, I feel like once, and I'm starting to wonder if, one pushback we're getting in as far as the fresh food community from people who feed a more a traditional diet to their animals is they feel like after we vomit all this information onto them, they have to change. And my thing is, no, you don't have to change. You don't have to change at all. 
It's just that here's some great information so that if something happens with your dog, you can pivot because there's a different path for you. But if what you're doing right now works, then that's fine. And one more thing. <laughs> I banned someone. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was going to try and talk her down, but decided that I think this is either someone who likes to pick fights or just a troll. But someone came to my page because the video that I shared, another video I shared of someone adding cooked food to kibble. And I was just like, this is such a great video showing people what they can do. A person says, why is she feeding kibble? It just ruined everything. And I was like, well, not everyone can feed raw. And she said that if you can't afford to feed your dog a species appropriate diet, then you can't afford dogs because to feed them anything other than that is abuse and you should not allow dog or be allowed to have a dog. And I was going to be like, but what about all the homeless? And then I was just like, no, this is just, this is not a conversation I'm going to have. <laughs> It's like this person has to be a troll. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't even. You know, I just, you know that that argument is like super close to my heart because of the volunteer work that I do mm-hmm. and seeing how much people love their dogs and the huge benefit that people get from their dogs uh, at all socioeconomic levels and and what does you know can ha- you know i've seen people who are well respected volunteers and their dog blows a ccl and everybody's rushing to donate to their gofundme well does that mean they shouldn't have a dog because they can't yeah. afford the surgery i mean just it's such a elitist attitude to have yeah and just un- unfair argument and i i didn't since i didn't engage i couldn't determine if this was a person who was new to raw feeding, so they were super passionate, and that's how you know they were. Is somebody it. being sarcastic? Like, yeah, I was, you know, I was just so I I I have a rule. My twenty twenty three rule. It just started this year. Is I just don't. That is just not a hill I'm going to die on, and I don't need that energy. And so those people get banned. I just it's no point. There's to me, it's like just even putting that out there. There are certain things like we have an opinion of. You know, we'll see some see something, and we'll like um, if I see someone with a child and they're giving their child Mountain Dew or coffee, I have an opinion of that, but I don't say it because it's none of my damn business. And I just think that there are just certain things that you know you can you it's okay if you feel that way, but I just think you should keep it to yourself. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So, oh my God, you said coffee. (laughs) I got to tell you this story. Okay. So I felt so bad for Dr. Kozier because I can't imagine how stressful this must have been. So the town where we had the conference had some kind of like water main break or like sewage break or something. And so when you checked in, they had kind of a small... sign on the counter it says uh our town is currently under a boil water advisory and nobody actually like said this to me out loud i just saw like the sign and i was like oh what's this and they're kind of like oh yeah uh (laughs) don't drink the water um but we have you know some water here in the lobby not like bottled water it was like big thing with like a cup and you had to you know get your own water but so, you know, like I go to like brush my teeth and like, what do you always yeah, do? do, you but, do? And, and then I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. 
And so I always bring like a, you know, a pack of, you know, I had stopped and got like a six pack of bottled water to bring with me. And so I'm like trying, then I'm like trying to like clean my toothbrush <laughs> with all the bottled water. Like, oh God, I'm going to like get E. coli and die. <laughs> so the next morning I get up and, you know, I had remembered uh, we were in a different uh, hotel than last year, but it was literally like right around the corner from where we were last year. And there's like a Starbucks right on the corner. And so, you know, that is like my my total uh, basic thing is like I'm such a Starbucks drinker, right? Like I like my cold brew every morning. On the weekends, I like to get a chocolate croissant to treat myself. So I'm just like, oh, God, you know, I can't wait to get Starbucks, get my, get my croissant, you know. And I, I get up and I drive over there and there's a sign when you go through the drive-thru, like, closed today. And it's like a handwritten, oh, like, sign. Because and I'm of like, the, the sewage thing? Yeah, but, like, it didn't say that. It just said, like, closed today. So I'm, like, such a maniac that I'm, like, pulling up on my phone and then some guy <laughs> pulls in next to me and and he's like, do you know where the next Starbucks is? And I'm like, no, I'm not from here. And he's like, neither am I. And so we're, like, sitting there on our app and he's like, okay, I found where it is. Here's the address. And I'm, like, typing the address in. And so he had to, like, get on the highway and, like, go up, like, two more exits and, like, you're, like, driving all around, like, past this Target and all this stuff. So I get to the next one. And like, oh my God, they have a sign up. And that's where it said, all Starbucks in the area are closed due to the water main break or something. And I'm like, oh my God. And then there was like a Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, oh, I don't even want Dunkin' Donuts. But like, they're closed too. So I'm like, oh my God, there's like no coffee in all of Albany, New York right now. So I get back to the hotel. Well, I did realize in the hotel, they had a like Starbucks coffee stand. But it's, like, just, like, the coffee. Like, I can't get, like, cold brew. So now I'm, like, oh, my God, I have to have, like, hot coffee? Like, because I don't – I just, like, cold brew. Like, and so I'm just, like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But, like, I – it's, like, medicinal at this point. Like, if I don't have it, I'm going to get, like, a headache, you know? So I had to just drink, like, regular old coffee just to stave off a headache. And, oh, my gosh, it was so crazy. And then, oh my gosh, one of the girls, you know, they had people working there uh, filming and photographing the Mm -hmm. event. And one of them had a cold brew. And I like made like this beeline for her. And I said, um, excuse me, uh, where did she get that cold brew? And she like busts out laughing. She's like, oh my God, I live like 45 minutes away from here. And I got it by my house. And I didn't know, like, because everybody's like, where'd you get coffee? And so I like seriously considered asking her like where it was and driving over there on my lunch break, but I did not because I just drank regular old hot coffee with cream in it. Good for you. I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. And uh, well, you know, I was telling my boss about this when I got back to the office and he was like, oh, had that happened to me before because he travels so much mm-hmm. and he's like i always keep a five hour energy with me when i travel like just in case i can't get coffee somewhere because like, he drinks like a pot of coffee a day it's insane but oh, if i did that my heart would explode and i would like, <laughs> have a heart attack and i would be running around like beavis or something like, you know <laughs> but uh so then I, i'm like driving home yesterday so I, I i drank my regular old coffee again on sunday and I'm, I'm driving down the highway and they have, you know, like those roadside like areas with like the bathrooms and the food vendors and they, they have ones with Starbucks in them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, maybe, I, you know, I'm on the road. I had a little bit of coffee. But maybe I'll just get another cold brew like for the road. And I go in there and the Starbucks was closed. <laughs> 
And, like, apparently they're, like, remodeling every freaking roadside rest area in, like, all of New York. And so, like, all of them were, like, cl- like all they had open was, like, the bathroom or whatever. And I'm, like, <laughs> I was, like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, like, the entire state of New York was, like, conspiring against me having Starbucks. <laughs> so Tim was getting a big laugh because I was, like, leaving him like voice notes about the coffee adventures. That is so awesome. <laughs> but I was just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Dr. Kirscher, she picks this date out a year in advance, like all the stuff. And then, <laughs> you know, I just can't imagine how stressful that was. Oh, but I, I did know. get to talk to her some, so so that was fun. So that's good. I'm glad you had a good time. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. I just love any opportunities like these to, you know, get get like these brain trusts of people mm-hmm. in the room and to be around like-minded people and uh, you know, just meet people. It was, it was a great time. So did you sign up for the second feed real movement course? No, not yet. I'm, I'm going to start it. I'm starting it next month. Yeah. I got to see Ruby and Kay. They were there. Oh, she's so brilliant. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, so I'm I'm starting it next month. I'm really excited about it. So I, I mean, I think that you know events like that are so important. You know, just recently with talking to online, you know, to veterinarians who do not support raw feeding. Who you know, I I had that meme with you know Joey from Friends about yeah. raw feeding. So yeah. that got really popular. I think it got over 300 comments, over 400 shares. So <laughs> the veterinarian community <laughs> found it and the void that they come and share their thoughts on raw feeding, which, you know, most of them were very respectful. I actually only had to, with all of those comments, ban one person. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I was like really excited because she, again, was one of those people who was doing the the insulting, but then like, I'm not insulting you. I'm just disagreeing with you. And it's like, ah, nah, I think we both know what you're doing. Bye. But yeah, for the, for the most part, it was actually a really good discussion. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, because my big thing with veterinarians is that this or anyone who's anti-raw is this the definitive statement of we're not doing it right. But no one asks what we're doing to determine if we're doing it right or wrong. So I'm just super excited about taking the course so that I can know even more. But I think it's events like the Healthy Dog Expo and similar events are so very important because when you're on social media, you can forget, well, two things can happen. Either you become so immersed in the fresh food community that you're not challenging yourself and you're not um, just questioning what you're doing, or you get hit with the people who are so anti what you're doing that it can kind of feel like, is there anyone out here? I mean, right. am I crazy? Because I mean, I know, I know I'm not alone and I know that there's a, it's a huge growing community and I don't doubt what I'm doing, but there's just something about being in a room full of people, not just online, but physically in a room full of people that think the same way that just recharges your batteries. 
So there was a woman, uh, there was a, a raw food company, I think it was Raw Bistro, who mm-hmm. was doing a giveaway, uh, you know, like a raffle, you know, and they were going to ship you like 25 pounds of oh, nice. food. And they were doing two different giveaways. So this woman's name gets called and she like busts out laughing and she had like a couple people with her and they were all kind of like cheering and, you know, and she goes up and she gets, you know, they, you know, they wanted to get your picture with, you know, like the certificate or whatever it was. And they sit back down and they shake the thing up and they draw another name and they call the same woman. (laughs) Did she get them both? Yeah. Nice. And in fact, and uh and it t- and so she's up there and she's laughing hysterically and she says, I gotta tell you guys, I'm a veterinarian. I've been learning, you know, acupuncture and chiropractic and all these things, but I haven't done raw feeding because of everything that I had learned. Mm-hmm. But like this whole weekend I've been like, Oh my god, I'm gonna really have to start feeding raw. Like I really need oh, to dive so into this. Great. And she ended up winning like fifty pounds of raw that's dog food. So great. That is so what a story. Yeah. That is so great. I mean like the perfect person to win it. That is so great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, everyone, all it takes is one step, just change one thing. And it's just, you know, you know, I like, I, I don't blame, I mean, I think I already said this. I don't blame veterinarians for, no, I didn't say this for not knowing because they're busy. They're overworked. You know, the veterinarian community is shrinking because not many people are signing up to be a vet because it's so expensive. And, For me personally, it's just too heartbreaking to do that job. But on top of that, I don't know how many of them have time to randomly check studies on like basically take a toxic foods list and then go and do the research to check all the studies because just looking at studies on my own is mind numbing. And because it's not just the study, you have to look at the people behind the study, who's funding the study. Um, what how it was designed, yeah. how many people, you know, how many subjects were actually a part of it when they, when exactly. it started and when it ended, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, there's so much and, you know, and I even think the studies that I link to, I'm sure people can find p- trouble with it. I just honestly think that I wish the veterinarian community could at least get on the same page because there's a growing number of holistic veterinarians that are proponents of raw feeding and so many other things. I I understand that there isn't enough science for some veterinarians to get behind it, but at least don't say no. At least work with a veterinarian. Like if you can't recommend raw feeding, Connect with a veterinarian that does so that your clients has the benefits of all the information. But then even then, you know, I, I had a conversation with someone about this, probably another veterinarian a couple months ago. Their issue was that they simply do not trust their clientele to do the homework and do what needs to be done. Um, and, you know, and she was very frank with me, which I so appreciate because she just said, you seem to really enjoy doing it. Most people, maybe they'll start out this way, but they'll eventually devolve into throwing ground beef into a bowl and calling it good. And it's like, oh, well, that's not good either. So, I mean, it's, 
There's so many things. I just wish we could have the conversation. I wish we could have the discussion. I wish that we could take the Healthy Dog Expo and expand it so that traditional vets were also there. And we can just have a conversation and understand because I don't want to fight random veterinarians on social media. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fun. Um, But I also think, you know, that the more educated we are, the better off because we are moving towards a time when we're going to basically be triaging our dogs at home. We need to know what to do and what not to do. And it's just not enough to, to give us a graphic and tell us don't feed these things, especially when we know half the things on that list are bogus. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I shall cr- climb down from my pedestal. <laughs> so, one of the best parts of the weekend for me was like getting to hang out with my vet because, you know, I just love her. And so she had me like in tears the one night because <laughs> we were talking about Penny hmm. and she was basically saying that Penny's legacy lives on because she had another pit bull client come in with the exact same Issues that Penny had, like the exact same pattern on of sores on her feet, of scabs on her neck. And she knew what to do to help that dog. Mm-hmm. And in six weeks, that dog's already looking better. Yeah. And she's also had two German Shepherd. Apparently, there's uh, an issue with German Shepherds where they can get these like sores all over their bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a very similar situation with, with what Penny, she was showing me. I, mean, I couldn't believe these pictures. And, uh, you know, and she's like, and Penny, Penny was the one that taught me this. So, and uh, isn't it crazy because Penny is the dog that came running and jumping in your car, and and look at what she did. I know. I mean, it's just, I swear, dogs are so freaking amazing. And uh, you know, it was also just interesting just getting to hear her take, you know, and how you know she gets to kind of make up her own hours and work with the clients that she wants to work with, and. Just hearing, like, you know, when by the time people find her, because she doesn't have a website, I don't even think she has a big business card because people were asking (laughs) for a business card. And, um, you know, like she's getting animals in a real health crisis and just, you know, how upsetting, you know, how stressful it is, how much responsibility she feels, uh, you know. And, but that, like, kind of like going forward, her rule is going to be like, you got to change the diet first. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do all these other things if you're still going to be feeding a kibble or, you know, like, um, and, and she thinks that that, you know, she may have to use that to like weed out people. Like, you know, we, we can't even have a consult if you're not willing to change the diet at all, yeah. you know, and, um, cause it's all got to start there. And then of course I get frustrated, right? Cause I'm like, Benny was already on a good diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Anyway, it was just interesting getting her take on on some of these things. And, you know, I have never desired to be a veterinarian. You know, you know, I'm squeamish. (laughs) This would never be, you know, the thing for me. But, um, you know, but I I knew so many people, you know, vet techs and and veterinarians who, you know, people have this like misconception that like, oh, you get to play with like puppies. Yes, I know. And, And just realizing what they're every, you know, every day is like, like, Gosh, God bless these people. 
goddess bless these people, whatever you believe. In. Yeah. Well, it's, it explains so much. I mean, I could not imagine the amount of stress that the average veterinarian goes on on a daily basis. And it's, I mean, it's stressful for me to take my dog to the vet. So, but I leave within an hour. I just couldn't imagine being there all day. I couldn't imagine seeing things where I knew how to fix it. Like I knew that diet could fix it and knowing that they're not going to do that. You know, seeing, you know, I wish, I wish I could take my dog to his first vet who said he would die and show him this is what I did. No, I would not do that. <laughs> A year ago, yeah. <laughs> Today, I'm an involved person. I'm, I'm 52 now. So, you know, I'm mature, finally. So, but I would totally, um, I would love, I wish that he was a person that would be open to the discussion, but to see what I've done with Rodrigo. And so instead, you know, like this weekend, Bella had a play date. I'm in friends with the um, sisters who adopted Clyde, her brother. And so we get together once a month for a play date. And it's so, gosh, the two of them are hilarious. They don't look exactly alike, but when they're together, it's easy to free. We mix them up all the time. It's just so funny. They're because they're so alike, not, you know, with their mannerisms, everything. It's so funny. But, you know, I'm talking to them and I, this last weekend, I brought all the dogs outside because I figure, you know, Rigo doesn't usually do well with dogs, but he's old now. So maybe he'll be fine. And he was. Zoe isn't really a fan of strangers and stuff, but, you know, I, she wanted to come outside. So I let her come outside. And so I had all my dogs out and we had, you know, Clyde and then they had their parents' dog too. And it was just fun watching them all engage. But the best part was when they, because I told them, it's like, I don't think anyone would know that Rodrigo is 13 years old. And they were like, oh my God, no. And I had been telling them about how I make, you know, I wasn't doing a sales pitch, but, you know, we, we were talking about it. And, and it was just like one of those, like, that's what that diet does. And I'm like, yeah, it can. I mean, it doesn't make our dogs bulletproof. It's not the answer to everything. Um, someone in one of the discussions of a veterinarian said that, you know, just because I got lucky, <laughs> I mean, with, I guess, how many dogs we've had, one, two, three, um, seven dogs, since I've got lucky with seven dogs, um, doesn't mean that, you know, raw feeding is good for dogs. And I just let that go. <laughs> it's, just, it's like this. I'm not going to argue. I just, it's not a waste. It's a waste of time, but it's nice to be able to, to touch people in that way, just in the small ways to plant that seed. And so I love the fact that you have a dog that just came to you randomly for no good reason. You just happen to be in the right place in the right time. This dog happened to jump in the car of a person who is a complete and utter dog nerd. And you didn't give up and you went to a veterinarian who also didn't give up. And now, even though Penny is gone, her legacy is going to live on in so many dogs because of all of the seeds that she planted. And that is just so amazing. I mean, I'm like in awe of dogs right now. And I we're so lucky to be able to do what we do 
on a daily basis to live with these animals who give us unconditional love, who forgive us for all the mistakes we make. I mean, and it's odd to me that it's not that I don't think the traditional veterinarian community doesn't care. I know they care. I just think that in their caring, just like how we become way passionate about raw feeding and and stuff, they're very passionate about keeping dogs alive. And I can only imagine the raw food or raw fed dogs that they see that aren't, you know, well, and what is shaping their thoughts and opinion, not just the education that they have, but, you know, the experiences that they're having. I have no idea what they see on a daily basis, but, um, for every, I, every dog just plants. I'm just like in awe of Penny. I mean, wow, what a sweet girl. <laughs> so we got to get Billy back on here to tell a story that he told us at dinner the other <laughs> night. <laughs> About the poop cheese. <laughs> oh, ew. Or as my husband was calling it when I told him, Turds and whey. <laughs> Does this cheese have poop in it? So he uh, fermented the goat milk with animal biome, which I think oh, we had talked to him about. Yes. And oh. it fermented so well that it turned into poop cheese. Wow. Well, there you go. So my vet was like super intrigued by this. I bet. Because she said that she has clients for whom the animal biome capsules, the animals are so sick that the capsules are like too strong and too upsetting. Mm-hmm. But she could start introducing it with poop cheese. Yeah. Oh, so I think she's going to try making poop cheese. Oh, that would be, you have to let me know if it works. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm just so excited about all these things. <laughs> I wonder if Billy has accidentally eaten his poop cheese. Oh, no. His wife was like, get it out of the house immediately. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it smelled horrible. (laughs) But he tells a much better story than I do. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so great. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah. Good time is had by all. So the only thing I have to say is I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy. It is probably one of the best Marvel movies I've ever seen. There were three moments where I had to leave the theater. So I feel the need to talk about this because I know the dog lovers have trouble with scenes of animal cruelty. And this Guardians of the Galaxy, for people who actually follow the Marvel universe goes into Rocket's background and everyone understands that Rocket was a a raccoon that was experimented on. Oh my. And so they don't, it's not deep into that, but enough that we know what's going on. And so we just don't want to see it. So I just, I have a small bladder when it comes to movie theaters because I drink, I insist on getting the biggest drink possible and sucking it all down. So I just use those scenes as my bathroom breaks. And so I missed all of the um, 
anything that would be troubling to me. And when it was all said and done, the movie was just absolutely fantastic. Um, and my friend said, it wasn't that bad. She's in rescue. And so I know that she was, she has issues w- with it too, but she was like, it wasn't that bad. I just closed my eyes and I was like, well, I need to leave the theater. I don't, I closing my eyes. is not just not enough, but, um, there's just FYI for people who are sensitive to things like that. Keep that in mind. Sit near the door so you can leave or, or cover your eyes. But there are several scenes. So I feel like uh, I have to give a little shout out here to anybody who's uh, concerned about animal testing on animals in the U.S. and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, dogs and beagles in particular are, are used for that. But I had this amazing woman on the Believe in Dog podcast last year named Ellie Hansen, and she actually runs a holistic pet food store out in Montana, and she has a podcast called Dog Research Exposed uh, that's all about this topic of ending testing on animals in the U.S. and why it's not even needed anymore with the current technologies, but we have to get, guess who, the FDA Mm -hmm. to change the laws because the way that the laws are currently written is required to have animal testing on certain things, even though we now actually have technology that makes that obsolete and is actually more, uh, you know, like dogs can't have chocolate for instance, but like people can. So Mm -hmm. testing certain things on animals and dogs doesn't even correlate always to human results, but yet they literally have like technologies that can do these things without harming but anyway, I'm pretty sure uh, there was some photos taken over the weekend where people were saying, like, down with the FDA or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once again, the FDA uh, shows its true color is green. Yes. I know. I, I really wish that when people see things from the FDA, they would just please. I'm not saying don't trust them. I'm not saying don't believe them, although I don't trust them and I don't believe them. I'm just saying that should not be your main source of information. They are not there for our pets. They're they're just not. They're not there to protect consumers. They're there to protect corporations. Yes. So it's just, it's not... I, when someone contacts me and, and sends me a link, because the FDA said, I just, my response is going to be, I disagree. And I'll share why I disagree in my experience. And I understand that these are uncomfortable conversations to have. They're conversations that we have to have. We're not always going to agree. But I just, I honestly, it's going to be a cold day in hell before someone's able to convince me that the FDA is on the side of the companion animal or any animal. So I was just reminded of something that Dr. Kendra Pope said during the panel discussion. Mm-hmm. They're talking about glyphosate, the chemical in Roundup. You know, so many of the crops are currently being sold, you know, corn, soy, alfalfa, all these crops are sold as Roundup ready because mm-hmm. they're designed to have toxic chemicals sprayed on them that are pesticides. Oh my God. And, you know, that's when, you know, when you see all these corn and things going into kibble, you know, it's all processed with glyphosate, you know, people spray it on their lawns, mm-hmm. you know, homeowners associations spray it, you know, because it's this, this pesticide. She said that the half-life of glyphosate, so, you know, the half-life is like 
you know, like if you take a Tylenol in like four hours, you know, half of it has processed through mm-hmm. your body. It's like half effective. The half-life of glyphosate, 122 oh, years. Lord. Yes. <sighs> and so she's talking about, you know, say somebody buys a farm and they want to turn it into an organic farm, but the soil had previously been used mm-hmm. for Roundup Ready crops. Like you can be currently treating it as an organic farm, but for 122 years, oh there's still. So, I, you know what's so funny? Because someone commented because I I harvested um, nettles and dandelions last month for my veggie mix, and someone was like. They were like, oh, I should do that. I have dandelions growing in my yard. But then they followed up with, but I can't because the previous owner used chemicals to spray the yard. And so I'm probably going to have to wait a few years. And it's just sort of like try a few lifetimes. I mean, geez. Wow. She was talking about glyphosate testing uh, in animals and even in herself. Like she was talking about how, you know, she's really she wants to walk the walk with herself and how she takes care of her body too. And she was shocked at the levels of glyphosate in her body because she eats organic and Mm -hmm. and all these things. And, and of course our animals, you know, are so much closer to the ground. They don't have shoes, you know, all these things, Um, you know, and just that uh, she said the incidence rate of cancer in dogs is five times higher than the rate of cancer in people. And that was just completely insane to me. It feels like it's gone up just astronomically over the past few years. Yeah. Because I remember it used to be like, you know, 50% of dogs and it feels like it's more than that now. I get emails weekly from people who have dogs with hemangiosarcoma and lymphoma. And the youngest was a three-year-old dog. Wow. Mm -hmm, With lymphoma. So I knew that was some of my takeaways from the panel discussion. So my big takeaway from Susan Thixton was support small independent pet stores. And she (laughs) said, in 10 years, if all the big box pet store retailers are out of business, then that means we're doing something right. (laughs) Um, Of course, Roxanne said, you know, bringing back small family farms would be Mm -hmm. her big goal for you know, the pet industry and for the food industry in general. And Dr. Royal said her big goal for the future would be to see more people, more veterinarians uh, working together better. And that reminded me of just everything you've been talking about with yeah. social media. Yeah, look at me. I'm special. <laughs> Dr. Royal has such a gorgeous hair. Yeah, and, she does. You know, I'm starting to like get the gray in the front here. And uh, I'm just like, man, I hope I get the good gray like her. <laughs> I know. She's so sweet. When The last I saw her was 2018 and she saw me. And I always forget that she knows who I am because I don't talk to her. She's not, you know, super big on social media or anything. And she's like, oh, Kimberly, I brought something for you. And I'm, I'm so I'm first going, she knows my name. <laughs> and then going, and she thought of me before she came here and brought me something. Rand, and it wasn't like a, a book about food or anything. It was just like this positive, like the, I saw this book and it just reminds me of you. And I still have the book. Aww. Yeah, she's like such a nice woman. So I, I just love her so much. My my vet was very excited to get to meet her because her book was one of the first things that got my vet going in this oh, direction. Yeah. 
the royal treatment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had seen her the night that we got there. I saw her in the hotel lobby and I, you know, I like, I like to have good boundaries and I don't like to fan girl, but you know, inside I was kind of like, there she is, there she is. <laughs> I, I did not bother her. I would never want to bother anyone. <laughs> if I were there, I would have drug you over. <laughs> <laughs> and embarrass you. It's like she doesn't shut up about you. Oh my God. <laughs> can I please just introduce her so she can shut up? I just thank you. <laughs> that was so fun. Now I'm so looking forward to my event. It's like months <laughs> away, but I'm really looking forward to it. I know. I get all excited. I mean, I'm like, I was so exhausted, but it was like the good exhaustion, you yeah. know? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it was, I mean, it was so, it's always cold in those conference rooms. And so I was trying to always wear a sweater, but like, I swear it's like, my neck is like sore from like a shivering. <laughs> <laughs> like the weirdest things happen <laughs> to me. When I leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that'll do it. Thanks for, you know, catching us up. That was awesome. It was a good time. (laughs) Until next time. Talk to you later. Bye.